Hey, Retention Pros. I'm Noah Rahim Zadeh and I lead partnerships here at Malomo. I'm super pumped to continue to chat with ecosystem experts alongside Mariah, who you all already know and love. Say hi, Mariah. Hey, everyone. As you probably know, Retention Chronicles likes to bring in some of the best retention-focused brands in the Shopify ecosystem. But we don't just feature brands. We also feature some great thought leaders in the Shopify ecosystem that serve brands. And because we always want these conversations to be fun, you'll hear us talk with our guests about what they're excited about and what's helped them get to where they are today. We hope you'll stick around to learn and laugh with us. Retention Chronicles is sponsored by Malomo, a shipment and order tracking platform improving the post-purchase experience. Be sure to subscribe and check out all of our episodes at gomalomo.com. This season four, episode three, or four, if you do, <laughs> merchant. They alternate between, yeah. <laughs> between merchant and partners. So I think it's, um, yeah, it's three. So season four, episode three. Okay. Yeah. Season four guys. Mm-hmm. Every, Good. every half of a year, right. We do a new one, new season. The, the first season was, um, a year long, but same amount of, we were doing, uh, like two Fine. episodes a month. So same amount of episodes in the season, but just spread out, um, along one year and then ramped it up in season two and then started doing once every week. So now it's been each uh, half of the year. That's a little background on retention chronicles that I <laughs> yeah. should leave in this it's a episode. B-roll. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll leave it in. I'll leave that's it in. That's the, yeah, that's the behind the scenes. Right. Uh, we always, cool. now I'm going to go on a tangent because we always say we should be recording. Yeah. So Every no, time. we'll just always be recording. Should... Yeah, yeah. Always be recording. That's yeah, my life. A-B- A-B- I'm going to put that on merch and sell it. <laughs> I think you should. ABR. My favorite ABR. podcast. Not always be closing. Just, Dude, yeah. I, <laughs> I legit just thought about this. Like I do a little LinkedIn series every quarter and kind of do a new topic or like new theme. And I thought about one that would be like A, B, some, like each post is always be mm. something. Yeah. Like always be hiring. I'm not hiring right now, but <laughs> well, yeah. talking to people it should be I'm, things that you're doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, or or it could be the opposite theme of like, here's things you should always be doing that I'm never doing or that I'm not doing. <laughs> right, that's true. Yeah. That'd be funny. Yeah. Always be drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> always be exercising every day. Right. Uh, <laughs> eating healthy. Take it from me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. We're definitely leaving this in. Welcome, John. Season, if you didn't catch the beginning, uh, season four, episode three. Um, and it's been a long time coming. I think we reached... We rescheduled yours that I came on a couple times. Right. And you rescheduled on us a couple times. So we're even now. But yeah, yeah. founder of Modern Commerce. And uh, like I said, I was, I think we released the the episode that I was on um just a few weeks ago and did some promotion around that. It was yeah. a great time. And it's one of our one of our most downloaded episodes in the last like three months. So no kidding. Oh, I think that's you. probably because of you guys, though. I think that's all you. We did, we did promote, right? We promote yeah. yes. put it in yes. our newsletter and everything. Nice so that was a fun time. I think we had a great discussion on that. Uh, so, so, uh, we've always done our pod, little background. We've always, we've always done our podcast live. Uh, yeah. we've recently started not doing it live. And so we uploaded that one like later, like we recorded right. it several weeks ago yeah. and then we uploaded yeah. that one later. And, uh, I legitimately laughed 
listening back to it. Like I, I like actually like laughed out loud by myself, which is a strange thing to do. Like usually when you're just by yourself, you do like you breathe through your nose, like, like, <laughs> like a little, like a little, <laughs> like a little chuckle. Yeah. Uh, but I actually laughed. Uh, we went on a whole cat tangent. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Cats and milk were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were the main topics actually. Yeah. Uh, we did. It was a like 30%, you know, good, like business advice and right. yes, I was mashing on people who have cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're big, we're big fans here for people who don't know, big fans of meshing personal and professional. So that's the best way to do it. You know, some yeah. entertainment, some education, it's all, right. all yeah. in a pretty package. Well, I don't know about pretty actually, but in a package, <laughs> it's in a package, you know, yeah. It's the, best, of which... it's the prettiest it could be. Yes. Uh, blending personal life. Tell us one or two things uh, that you're excited about right now, John. Personally. Yeah, this, this is a good one. You sent over like, you know, some bullet points of questions. Yeah. And I was like, this is the hardest one for me to answer. <laughs> going on <laughs> oh, in my no. personal life. Which is funny because I have, I'm married. I have three kids and I have like five dogs. And um, Holy I'm cow. like, yeah, I guess. So that's one thing, you know. That's, that's exciting. You guys didn't, you didn't talk exci- about that in your cast? That's a, that's a great... <laughs> That's a great way to put it. It is exciting. I don't, it's not always like right. exciting in a good way. Yeah. But there's a lot happening, you know, right. it's chaotic. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a good time. So my kids are, my oldest is, so I'm like, it's like seven. No, she's not seven yet. So it's six, five and two. And then I got wow. a bunch of dogs that are mostly some form of golden doodle. So that's going on. Um, And then also what else is going on in my personal life? Not a lot. I've been traveling a lot, not for personal, but for work, which is strange when you've worked at home for like four months to go out into the world and like go into an airport and be around people and stuff like that. You're like, eh, this is, mm. or like when Lyft, like when Lyft drivers talk to you, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like I've got my headphones in for a reason. Yeah. Why would you assume I can hear you? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm sorry. What? I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let me take that out. Yeah. There's nothing playing, you know, they're on transparency mode and there's nothing playing, but I just, I want them in. So you don't talk to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the appearance. Yeah. Do it all yeah. the time. Uh, where'd you, where'd you travel anywhere? anywhere? Um, yeah. So I'm, I, I am a fractional CMO for a company called Ondar, uh, which, you know, for your audience, I guess if you want to buy a wallet or a bag or something like that, you should check them out Ondar.com. Um, so e-commerce brand. And I go there once a month. They're based in Phoenix. Um, and then I'm also consulting and sort of fractional CMOing for a company called Dapp Sports, which is another e-commerce brand, but uh, they do like sports cards and uh, sports memorabilia. So that's a good time. And they're in LA. So I go there twice a month. So I'm traveling like three weeks out of the month. Wow. Which is not like a new, it's it's like a, that's like an old school thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's like old school. I've, always- uh, yeah. I'll always be closing yeah. <laughs> uh, style, you know, yeah. a warrior. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I'm like my grandpa, just like, Oh, I got to travel for money. <laughs> right. <laughs> not the way not it's there, not the way now, but those are good places to be traveling to. Uh, you know, it's hot right now, but they're still, they're still cool places. A lot of it, go go ahead. ahead. A lot of it is just that they're really good companies and they have very in-person cultures. Um, Got it. Got which it. is, I, and I think that maybe I crave that since I had been working, I started my agency remotely. And then AC is just this kind of business that you can just do remotely. 
and so I'd been remote for a few years and then also my kids got old enough to make like lots of noise in my house and uh, <laughs> five dogs also make lots of noise and they all and so I think I just got like ready to go like collaborate in person a little bit more sure that's cool that's cool I feel like the the whole idea of like in-person culture is waning overall so it's cool that it is a strong one that's a that's a great segue like tell us about the professional background um obviously we said modern commerce is the current uh yeah the current main focus but would love to know sort of everything leading up to there yeah so i uh i've been in the game for in the in the marketing digital marketing game since i guess 24 like like 10 years 2013 um right around when i got i was i was even like uh i was in like the um multimedia program in college and so i was even like the social media manager for like our radio station and stuff like oh, that oh wow yeah and uh which that back then was like well four or yes yeah it was and uh so back then what that meant was like when we did videos i uh posted them on facebook so that was that was the social media manager job uh <laughs> post them on facebook uh and youtube so <laughs> uploading uploading was the main job uh and so, yeah, I guess that was even in like 2011, 2012. Uh, and then, yeah, so I did the, I mean, fast forwarding through that early stage, I kind of, I managed a retail store for a second, hated every aspect of that other than the marketing, like all the logistics and stuff were awful. Uh, so I went to work at a marketing agency that was a, a SEO agency and they had like 17,000 clients. That's, I wow. said that right. It was 17,000. That was the number oh when I was, when I left. Oh my God. Uh, lots of local business clients. So it's like, if you're a dentist, you know, if you're anywhere in the United States and you look for a dentist in your city, their SEO is probably done by that company um, right. or a lawyer or like anything really. Um, so they had tons of like, so it was just, it was an assembly line. Basically it was a glorified like factory line. Um, and I went from, I liked that a lot and I like rose through it and stuff like that. But then I went from there to like the opposite, like a super white glove agency that had like 10 people and the agency with only 10 people or less than 10 people did like $12 million a year in revenue with like whatever, eight clients or 10 clients or something like that. So, so really big clients that had really big budgets. Uh, so it was like the opposite kind of work is, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I went there and that, like, I was trying to go the opposite direction. That's when I first started, they hired me because I have my SEO background. But that was when I first started managing Facebook ads. That was like 2015. Um, so I knew what ads manager wow. looked like. And that qualified me to be the head of paid social at, in 2015. They're like, oh, you've wow. been inside ad, ad yeah, manager. Yeah, that was it. That was that's, the that's only qualification. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was basically my whole career story is I've done a bunch of jobs I'm not qualified for uh, and then figured it out on the <laughs> doing it. Um I have, I have no lack of too much confidence. Uh, <laughs> that was a weird thing. I have too much confidence. I could have just said, yeah. that. <laughs> I have no lack of times in my life where I've been overconfident. Give uh, the listeners a puzzle, you know, they have yeah. to figure it out. And no lack of too much. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. So you so kind of need that to dive headfirst into a role that's you right, know, yeah. bigger than you've ever done. So yeah. Also that whole time, I forgot this. I overlaid this, like we, I, I was helping launch this thing that was like group. I ran, I was a cross country and track, like all American in college. Okay. And I ran a, a professionally afterwards. And so I was helping launch this like group on for runners, which is just an awful idea. Cause group on already is that, but like, <laughs> we thought it was a good idea at the time. Uh, like most people are doing startups and that was how I knew how to do Facebook ads manager. And so, yeah, like that wow. qualified me for, head of paid social over like 
multiple six figure budgets instantly. Um, so I learned fast. You learn fast when you spend that much money. Um, and sometimes burn that much money. Uh, so (laughs) when I, when I left, I got fired from that agency and like, yeah, it was, it was intense. So I, my wife was pregnant with our second child at that time. And, uh, she, we already had one child that's hence second child. Uh, (laughs) She was in school. She was in nursing. So she didn't really have a job. She was just in nursing school. We had just moved so that her parents could help us out. And I was like providing for us with that job. And that was the only income. And uh, I got fired and it was like, oh man, this is bad. Uh, And so I like walked into the parking lot and like, usually the first thing you do is you call a significant other or whatever. You tell them what happened. I did not do that. I was like, I don't, (laughs) that's that's not like what I want to do right now. (laughs) but I, I, what I had done was when I got made the head of paid social and I gave, got given these big budgets, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I just started networking. Like I just started going to every event that that agency would send me to. I started, uh, getting Facebook groups. That's what was more popular then. Like now it's kind of Twitter, but, uh, Facebook groups were kind of the thing then. And I just started learning. I started this mastermind. You know, what's funny is like, I had no, I was not qualified at all to run six figures a month in budget, but I like posted in a Facebook group, like, Hey, anyone else who's doing six figures a month and spend want to make a mastermind of like oh, wow. doing six figures plus like just acting like I belonged, you know? And, uh, and, and like a bunch of people did. And I, I legit to this day, I'm like, I credit that mastermind with like so much, wow. um, so I walked out, like after they fired me, I walked out. It's like the most awkward thing ever to get fired from an office, like an in-person yeah. office and wow. like go clean out your desk. Like while everybody's like pretending they're like looking at their computer, like pretending they're not seeing what's going on. That's so ruthless. Like this was like during the work day. That you yeah. Were- no, they specifically said I've been fired. Well, fired is a weird way to put the other thing I've been, but cause it was bought out. Uh, but uh, I've been let go or parted ways with twice. And it was both times on a Friday and both times it was like uh, Wednesday or Thursday. They're like, Hey, can we get a meeting with you at 9am on a Friday? So like, if you ever, if someone ever asked for a 9am Friday meeting, be like, I'm, you know, I'm out of town that day. So, uh, <laughs> and then start looking for a job. That's my big hot tip. And if you're not going to fire someone, don't ask for a 9am Friday meeting. Um, because <laughs> apparently that's the time you fire people. Right. Jeez. <laughs> No, um, well, I'll ask you for a 9 a.m. Friday meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't do it. It's a trap. Uh, <laughs> we don't even work on Fridays. So yeah. we have a four-day work week. It's pretty, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you guys so really he know. Doubly if, you, know. if you ever yeah. get asked for a 9 a.m. Right. Friday meeting, you're like, okay, can, I need to dust off the resume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, they let me go and there's like this awkward and like, I had the wherewithal cause you're, it's like a very emotional experience when it's that it's like the first time in my like career, you know what I mean? Uh, and I had like the wherewithal cause I'd been doing this networking and stuff. And I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I guess that I had brought some clients into the agency that like specifically wanted to work with me because I was so active in these Facebook groups. So I went into my boss's former boss's office before I left. And I said, Hey, what about these two clients? Are you guys going to continue to work with them? And he goes, no, I don't think so. And I was like, can I? <laughs> and, wow. uh, and he was like, yeah, just send them, uh, like I, I had to like send some documentation that yeah. signed their rights over to me and stuff like that. So I like Googled it and you know, whatever used legal zoom <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, <clears throat> and yeah, so I walked out got in my car. I'm like sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, well that's good. I've got those two. And it wasn't a lot of money, but I was like, I've got those two. 
And then I'd also been networking. So I was like, okay, let me make a few calls. I made a couple calls. And uh, by the time I talked to my wife, so I drove over to her campus because she's studying in the library there. So I drove over there. It was where I went to school too. So I like parked, went inside and uh, sat down with her. And I was like, okay, uh, I got fired. And so she's like, that's not good, right? She's like <laughs> kind of freaking out. And I'm like, but it's okay. I think we're going to make more money uh, than, than we just were. Wow. Like uh, on the drive over, you, you had already. Yeah. Like, the, like I, I, I made a couple calls while I was sitting there in the yeah. parking lot of the place I just got fired from. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the lesson is network one to learn. Cause that's the other thing is I had actually gotten really good at running paid social through like everything I learned mm-hmm. from everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, one to learn. And then two, because um, yeah, I mean, network is your net worth. Like that was, it, I had instant business. I had instant pe- like, you know, other agencies were like, yeah, you can freelance for me or you can, you know, so I had, you know, four or five clients and, and it was going to be enough. I, you know, slightly more than what I had been making. And plus, because I like, I'd had just this done this thing where I'd just doing this mastermind and just providing value. I wasn't looking for a job. I wasn't looking for work. I wasn't hunting for clients. Right. Like once people found out like, oh, you're a free agent or like, oh, you just got let go. Like, they're like, you know, can I hire you? Or like, I know someone perfect for you to work with, or they just want to help out because they're like, all you do is bring value. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that, I don't know if there's a lesson there somewhere, but smarter people can figure out. Well, one is always be networking. Always be networking. <laughs> AVN. Um, yeah. That was that's the, start the next of my LinkedIn age. post. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was the start of my agency. Uh, we ran that for three or four years. Had and what was that called? Explosive growth marketing. I uh, brought on a partner, worked with some really awesome, amazing, like big brands, no teeth whitening. Uh, we worked with Udi, the like blanket hoodie company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got really good at Snapchat ads and my partner was like Ooh. well known for being the, like the Snapchat dude. Uh, diesel power gear was another big one we worked with. They had a show on the, on the discovery channel called diesel brothers. Um, so yeah, it was a good time. Uh, ended up selling that agency to the structured agency, mm-hmm. which is pretty well known now in the DSC game. Uh, that was an aqua hire. So they hired my whole team, uh, as well as me. And I think that's the main reason they wanted to acquire it was yeah. with them for, so, so I actually had worked myself more or less out of my agency. So I was with them before even the sale happened for like a year. And then I was with them for about another year and a half after the sale. Uh, and then they bought out the rest of my contract and uh, like bought out my equity because I had yep. phantom equity and in, in structured. Yep. And uh, same kind of thing, Friday morning meeting. We're going yeah. <laughs> to pay you out and don't come on Monday. This one was a little easier to swallow though. I think. Yeah, there, at least there was some money involved. Yeah, yeah. Right. not a lot. You know, it was a, my phantom equity. They were so much bigger than me that my phantom equity in them in that company was just, you know, it was like not even a 1%, but yeah, you know, it was symbolic. You know, there was symbolic. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Hey, you um, got acquired, man. Like that yeah. is, that's right. I can tell the story that I got acquired, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then after that, I was like, what do I, I I'd been doing the podcast for about uh, a year, two years, mm-hmm. a year and a half, something like that. And I was like, I would really love to just do that full time. So that's kind of what, what we're up to now. Uh, we had our, this podcast and we'd also started a sports podcast. And so I'm like, all right, well, can I build a media company? Um, which is a whole other thing. And that's kind of what yeah. I'm up to now. Um, yeah. but then obviously still doing some work in the e-commerce game to, cause I didn't, you know, when you're building a media company, you don't just make money right away. You got to have like a lot of people listening to you first. I'm sure you're spending a decent amount as well. <laughs> Definitely spending money. I'm, I'm good at that. 
Yeah. yeah, right, 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 right. That is something you're very good at and yeah. experienced it. That's how <laughs> uh, you learn, right? Well, most of my experience, yeah. Right, spending money. Uh, yeah. That's a hell of an experience. <laughs> yeah. What What made you decide to go the podcast route? Like, what sort of trends or indicators did you see that made you say, like, man, I think I think there's something here. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, one, I wanted to not be fireable again. <laughs> There. Right. Like, so, so I looked at the most valuable pe- people at structured and the most value. And I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm putting them on blast because everybody knows it's structured. So I can't like get around it when I'm on these yeah. podcasts. Cause like everybody knows I was at structured cause structured is such a building public company. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't want to overly put them on blast, but I look at the most valuable people at structured who I think is the most valuable people at structured. And it's chase that diamond and Nick Shackelford, their co-founders. But like, even if they weren't co-founders, they're, they're pretty indispensable because they're where all the business comes from. Yeah. Um, right. The internal creators essentially. Uh, so I looked at that and I was like, okay, well, that's what I, whether I go work for a company again or not, I want to be a creator. Right. So what they're really hiring me for is my audience. Uh, and maybe my knowledge of ops and stuff like that. Like I, you know, I ran big paid media teams. I have a lot of experience running paid media. Like I can do a lot. Right. And, but, but I think a lot of the time it's like, sometimes your skills don't matter if a company just changes directions and I'm not against building skills. I'm big on building skills. Uh, but, but like a structure just went another way. Like instead they're, they're trying to go into bigger, more like fortune 100, fortune 500 brands. And that's not where my skill set lied. So yeah, like I, you know, that that's big part of it is I kind of wanted to like become a little bit more indispensable, no matter what I did, whether it was my company or something else. Yeah. And the other thing is, Something I've been talking about a little bit lately that I'll, you know, get a little spicy here. And, and that is that Bring the spice. Love yeah. The spice. Yeah. So here it is. Here it is. The spice is that the, an agency business model is never aligned with a client business model. It just isn't. Okay. And I'm don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying it can't work. It certainly can. It, it can, it can be a working relationship, a vendor partner relationship, but it's never aligned. Right. Like I, and and agencies have tried it in so many different formats. I've tried it in so many different formats to say, what about, you know, when you guys grow, we grow, when you eat, we eat, it just, it just doesn't work. And that's like a whole rabbit hole we could go, go down. Well, like at a high level, can you like, does it not work because does what you just described not work because it's way too much risk on the agency or does it not work for other reasons on top of that? Okay. Pretend for a second that you're a brand. I come to you as an agency and I say, Hey, you don't have to pay me very much. Like charge you, whatever, maybe nothing, maybe no base fee. Sure. But here's what I want. If my work is able to grow your brand and you hit these revenue, I want X, Y, Z percent of the revenue or X, Y, Z percent of ad spend or whatever. Sounds good. Right? Like, especially if your brand, that's not very successful yet, probably sounds pretty good. Okay. Does it still sound good when you send me a $50,000 check sure. for a month of work? Does it still sound good when there's a lot of other things contributing to the growth besides just my work because we've gotten traction and there's like more things involved in growth than just whatever that agency is doing? You know, like it, it gets a little bit more muddy. And uh, like, furthermore, what if I say, okay, but we, you know, I got to lock you into a five-year contract too, because mm-hmm. if I'm really going to stake my business on your yeah. business, I got to know you're not going to one month be like 30 days notice. Yeah. Because right? right. I'm going to basically be hiring around your business. Yeah. I'm going to be hiring people just to take care of your business. So if you drop me, I'm dropping 
whatever, however many people, four people, five people, however many people that I've just hired to take care of your business. No, no, on the brand side, you don't want to be locked into that kind of contract on the brand side, even if it makes sense, even if mathematically it's like, it makes all the sense in the world. When I send them a five, $50,000 check, a hundred thousand dollar check, there's an amount of money that just feels not right. Right. Like, can I just hire a full internal team of really high level people for this amount or anything? Like, can I get a, a similar level agency? Uh, aside from that, once you get traction with a brand, they get so many pitches from so many, like they're just constantly get, getting bombarded with like, oh, I looked at your uh, your Facebook ads account or your like your ads you're running or your Google account or whatever it is. And I noticed all these, and then they get, for, that stuff gets forwarded to you. Like basically people are bombarding them and constantly tell them, I, I audited you without, you know, really being able to audit. I yeah. audited you and I found all these mistakes, right? Yeah, so they yeah. start like, like subtly undercutting your work. And a lot of times it's like, you're not using audience targeting. I'm like, yeah, we tested that 50 times and it doesn't work. So <laughs> yeah. just chill. Uh, so, so, and, and, and I'm not saying all clients, like some clients are good. It's just, that's just it. Like that's, you know, you can't build a business around that on the agency side. You can't build a business that way. You can't build a business around three, four clients. That's the dream. You really want to work with three or four clients and do really incredible work and share in the upside. Yeah. Without equity, you just, it, it, we've right. tried it. We've, tr we've cut it, you know, every way we can. We tried it every way we can. Uh, this is one of mine and, and Nick Shackelford's favorite things to talk about. It just, it doesn't work. You got to build the agency model differently. You got to build it as like a vendor, you know, Hey, we're a vendor. If that business goes out of business, if that good business, yeah. right, like we can't be that reliant on that. Um, but we want to be a vendor who provides value as much as we can within scope. Right. Well, it's interesting, like the parallels between what you just described from an agency business standpoint and your personal experience of trying to de-risk, right? Like your personal right. career. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's well. And so that's the other thing is that I'm like, okay, uh, if, if that's the case, then what is a flywheeled? What is like more of a flywheeled relationship where what's best for the business is also best for you? So yeah. this is what I've been thinking about a lot in media lately. Uh, a great example of this that already exists is in the sports world. Uh, <clears throat> the Pat McAfee show is huge, right? Yeah. Uh, We're big fans. We're in Indianapolis. Hey, all right. All right. So Pat McAfee show is huge. So I chose the right example for you. Yeah. Pat McAfee show is huge. Their relationship with FanDuel is symbiotic, right? FanDuel, FanDuel benefits from promoting the content that they make that promotes FanDuel, right? right. Because it, FanDuel, not, even if people are already users of FanDuel, like they want people following Pat's, Pat into bets or they want people taking AJ's recommendations. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they yeah. want people betting more, right? So it's, it's symbiotic. It makes sense for FanDuel to actually promote him in his content. It also makes sense for him to promote FanDuel, right? Like they're, oh. and so FanDuel gets customers from him and then they get in this cycle of like, we show you, you show us, and then you bring customers in and then cycle and become more and more valuable as we, as we uh, like share more content with them and they become more bigger fans of you and they use us more often. So I just start, started thinking about that as like, what are the more symbiotic relationships where as the brand grows, you also grow and it's content and it's the traffic source, Right. And the, and the content ultimately, that's what it is. It's the tra it's a traffic source. Right. Right. Uh, so, so that's kind of the route I think. Yeah, man. That's so like for me personally, being the partnerships guy here at Malomo, you're, you yeah. know, music to my ears, where, where do we find <laughs> this sort of like symbiotic alignment that 
makes it sort of a no-brainer to spend time together um, and That's what your podcast go to market is. together. And, and B2B podcasts are amazing for that, I think, because uh, one, you can easily network with people that otherwise maybe would be hard to network yeah. with <clears throat> for partnerships. Totally. And, and two, you know, if you bring someone in with a piece of content with partnership with like onto a newsletter into a podcast or whatever, you know, they might not be customers right away, but over time, they're just, they, there's the trust factors way up. Uh, and then on the Malomo side, even with the current customers, it just like behooves them to promote the podcast. So Malomo grows, podcast grows. If they exactly. grow together, it's symbiotic, right? So, so B2B has figured this out, right? And the content marketing is big in B2B. It's big in SaaS. It's big in info. Um, e-commerce hasn't quite figured it out, but. Right. Yeah. Who like, are there any brands? We might've talked about this a little, well, we talked about community on the episode I was on with you and sort of like influencer marketing, if I re remember, but are there, which kind of ties into this, right? Like you building, building a brand around content um, and community sort of conform through that as well. Are there any brands that you think are doing the content game that you just described that's working well in B2B really well in D2C right now? Uh, no, I mean, I can, yeah, you, you know, you know, the B2B brands, uh, right. Yeah. Malomo, yeah. Uh, Thank you. Heck yeah. Trip, <laughs> triple is one triple whale. Yeah. Triple whales Hub, crushing it. Dude. Hub, they, HubSpot's uh, been crushing it for years. Yeah. Funny thing about triple whale real quick, Mariah, I don't know if I shared this with you, but they like promoted some event that we were hosting recently in their newsletter. So like, they're not even, I love that approach. Cause it's like, we're going to highlight the the other content engines that we think are doing a great job. And they're probably just doing it so much and so well at scale that they're like, this will come back yeah. in spades yeah. in the form of oh. reciprocity. HubSpot's like just so don't. big. Yeah. Your triple right. whale is just so big. Yeah. Like, right. like yep. Yeah. Like and, they and, don't even... and everyone who goes to work there is kind of a mini creator too. It's, it's yeah. It's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so, a I mean, really cool strategy of like triple whale just to kind of like piggyback and make a network of like yeah. all these different events and then bring their communities to other places. Th yeah. Their pillars are like community content and education. And like they, I mean, if you look at what they do, they, they live them well. Um, their team is really good and their team is all really bought into it. Uh, so that's yeah. a big part of it. But mm -hmm. uh, in the, on the D2C side, there's not a lot of really great examples. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee has attempted to do some stuff like this. Uh, Diesel Power Gear used to, but but they got to the point where they actually just liked being creators more. So they're kind of like not, you know, they haven't been as big on their on their D2C business. Um, people who were creators first. So Chamberlain Coffee, Chamberlain Coffee, uh, you know, Magnolia, whatever. Magnolia wrote the 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 like. Chipping Joanna Gaines brand, right? Uh, so people who are creators first, uh, feastables. Stones Road Beauty, too, Road like Beauty. Bobby Brown, Florence yeah. by Mills, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jones Road Beauty, uh, feastables. So everything that was creator first, that you know, it kind of does that. But uh, brands that were not creator first, I don't see a lot of them like cracking it. Um, but that's sort of what I'm working on. So that's, uh, and I mean, I guess to plug kind of my own brands that I work at yeah. and my own and my own content product properties that I'm launching with them. <clears throat> I'll give you an example of what I think it might look like, right? And, and we're early stage on this. 
So I don't know if it's going to work, but here's, here's like maybe two examples of what I think it might look like. So Ondar, they've done a lot of work over the years with influencers, right? They've all the way back to the pay to post, right? Just pay influencers to post. Uh, they've done something I've not seen a lot of D2C native brands do, and they've done a royalty deal, like like George, like Air Jordan type deal with a with an influencer. Um, and they're so they're really, really good at influencer marketing. They have this really robust brand ambassador program. They have like 3,000 ambassadors, influencers, small micro influencers, all the way up to large influencers are very valuable to them. So, and they also have some people working there internally. So myself and two other people who have like uh, they have a person who has like 800,000 followers on TikTok, another has like 100,000. So they have some creators who kind of work there internally. So I was like, well, what if we, what if we launched a podcast and YouTube channel, potentially a newsletter, I don't know, for creators, right? And, and it's like content for creators, but the ultimate value to Ondar is that it brings more creators, micro-influencers, aspiring creators into their brand. And then the same thing with B2B, it helps us network, right? So if we want to try and get i don't want to say anyone who's actually on our on our list so you know, <laughs> let's say we want to we want to we want to do a collab with uh they're big on they want to do athletes right so like let's say we want to do a collab with like devin booker yep sense, right uh it's a lot easier to get him in on a podcast than it is to be like hey come in and do a collab like it's just you know come let us sell you something or let, let us sell you on an idea or whatever just come do a podcast and we do it at their headquarters their headquarters are really cool and it's right. like you know, it's a vibe, they come there and it's like the lead gen kind of machine for those high-end creators uh, that they want to do collabs with. And then also it attracts a lot of low-end creators. So this is the idea, right? So we're launching episode one, probably, I think this month, there's only one day left in this month as we're recording. This. <laughs> do you know what the, but this month might not be this month. Be called? Yeah, yeah the show it? will be called Create What Matters if you want to check it out. Um, if you follow me anywhere, then I'll probably post about it. Yeah. But yeah, the show will be called Create What Matters. I'll put it onto the Modern Commerce feed. So if you listen to my, cool. my show, Modern Commerce, I'll put it onto there. Um, and then I'll show, I'll tell you, I'll link there where you can, where you can find their feed. Cause we haven't even set their feed up yet. Cause there's no show. So uh, yeah, like that's one example. Another example is like the way, the reason I partner with Dap Sports is because our, our, our brand, our podcast, our sports podcast, the live show, we do a lot of giveaways and we're doing, giving away these like NBA shop gift cards, NFL shop gift cards and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, what if we just give away DAPS gift cards, right? Yeah. Somebody, I mean, and, and the thing is they do these, they do live shopping. So they make all their money with live shopping. So kind of what you need for somebody to get in on it is you need them to experience it, right? It's like, why don't we give people a gift card? That's an amount where they're probably going to have to still spend a little bit of their own money. But the main thing is that they get to experience right. a live shopping experience where I buy into, they do like live, uh, like sports card breaks, which is another whole world. But like I buy into this team and I'm like, my favorite team is the Kansas City Chiefs. So that, you know, I'm going to buy the Kansas City Chiefs in this break and any Chiefs card I'm going to get, right? They buy into it with 50 bucks. They had to spend 25 of their own. 25 came from the gift card. And a Pat Mahomes autograph, it's pulled, right? Uh, and so they get that because they bought the Chiefs. Uh, and so that, okay, well I'm hooked now, right? Like yeah. now, now I'm in. And then even if they don't get anything, DAPS does a good job of like giving people something, even if there wasn't any chiefs in that whole break. Sure. So, so like that kind of works, but then also like DAPS already live streams all day. So it's like a really kind of like mm -hmm. congruent, congruent sort of thing where there's just a lot of opportunities there. So yeah. I think that, yeah, I think there's ways, but I think that you can't necessarily, it can't be on the nose. It can't be about the product, right? Like Ondars isn't about the product. Theirs could be about tech, right? Because all of their products go along with tech. Um, or it could be about 
creators, influencers, but it, it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be valuable content in and of itself, I think. Right. Absolutely. Uh, like tactically, I think I understand the, the clear value props for like l- lower level influencers, not the Devin Bookers of the world. Right. How, how are you getting the Devin Bookers of the world? Is that do you, is there still an upfront fee? Is there, uh, you know, refer or affiliate question. percentage in perpetuity? Like, how are you getting him to come at, at, HQ to record a podcast? At that level, at that level, there's no one way. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, one, it, it is easier to get someone who's a little bigger to do a podcast. Uh, so that, that's just that I'm not saying Devin Booker is an example of someone, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it is, it is just easier than to say, Hey, we want to do a deal or whatever. Um, and even like, you know, for their agent or whatever, like sometimes they just want to talk business. They're not really into doing a podcast. Sometimes they're just a person who's like, yeah, I'll come do a podcast. And then you can give them, pro- you can see them product right there. If they think the product is cool, then what we're ultimately stepping toward is a royalty deal with someone that big. Because if you just bring on Devin Booker as an influencer and pay him to do a post, it's not going to actually work out great for you as a brand. Pay for post is just not a super high ROI model. Now, there will be some ancillary benefits, just the brand cool factor will be there. And uh, you'll have other people who want to rep it because he reps it or whatever. But but yeah, like if you pay Devin Booker to post, it's not gonna, or, or any any big creator like that, any big, like anyone with a big following like that, it's just not gonna be like high ROI. So what you're ultimately stepping for is you wanna do a royalty deal with them where you actually make a new product or a new colorway or a new version of an old product mm. in collaboration with them. So we've seen Donovan Mitchell, who's a, who used to play for the Jazz, now plays for the Cavs. We've seen him do this with Stance Socks. Um, and we've seen mm-hmm. other, other players, other, uh, and if you look, if you look at Ondar, their top selling product is a collab with, with a creator, with an influencer it's pretty public. So I don't feel weird saying that. Um, and yeah, so you ultimately want to step toward a royalty deal with them, you know, whatever the stepping stones are to get there, you just kind of consider them on a individual basis, right? If you want, if you need to do a pay for post first, if you need to bring them in for a podcast, sometimes they want to talk business and they don't want to do a podcast. So there's no one way with those people. The podcast is just a tool to level up because it's about creators, right? So it's like, we can reach out to, trying to think of a YouTuber who's like not crazy out of reach, like Mr. Beast, that'd be crazy out of reach. Sure. Uh, You know, I don't know, an Airac or uh, a smaller YouTuber. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is, I think, kind of the model with Emma Chamberlain, right? It was like some kind of relationship developed. You're just kind of asking somebody to come uh, be a part of content that they're already a part of. So it's a content collab. It's something they're very used to. And, and then from there, you know, can we do a royalty deal? Yeah. So is this like, is this where you see modern commerce, your company going? Like, do you, like on top of, I've thought about that a lot, help advise on this sort of stuff. And I've thought about that a lot. Maybe I, I wanted to, I wanted it to be content for content's sake. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. The more I get into building a media company, the more I realize like most of the biggest creators and media companies do have their own products, even if it's just merch. Um, you know, it, it, there's not a lot that are running solely on like an ads. They're just running the ad business. So yeah. especially in B2B and B2B, they usually are an extension of a company, right? right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's not true for all of them. I think that, you know, certain podcasts like the Jocko podcast is technically yeah. considered business. Dave Ram, I mean, Dave Ramsey is an ex- extension of a company. Um, I think Andy Frisella's podcast is technically considered business. So it's not all of them. Some of them are content for content's sake. And so that's what I've always thought the direction of modern commerce is. So I don't know if that's where we're going. I I think I tend to think that that's going to be the direction. All right. Now, if 
if the monetization mechanism changes, that's fine. But the di sure. direction of the content itself is to be content for content's sake, value for value's sake. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great, like to your point, great foundation <laughs> to build like the base on. And then from there you can be agile to, you know, the, the opportunities that present themselves along the way. But yeah, you build I, a lot like when you're building any company, you're just, you, you're pivoting based on right. kind of where the opportunities are. Right. Um, okay. We, this flew by, uh, give us, you know, we obviously talked about content, but give us some H2, you know, second half of 2023, uh, trends that brands, especially in the e-commerce space, D to C squarely, uh, yeah. should, should keep an eye on. Uh, at, at different, I mean, there's, it's just different advice at different levels. Uh, so, so that's one, I mean, we covered that and I think that's big and I don't know if that's really going to like formulate in the second half of, of just this the year, but, uh, a couple things that I've seen, I'm seeing kind of work across brands that I work with or own are like, if you're not a inherently demonstrable product, meaning like, you know, uh, let me come up with a good so purple mattress had this inherently like demonstrable or like visual element where it's like sure. here's here's an egg i can you know try and crush it on this bed and, and you can't do it right uh or really any anything like that where it's like there's something about this product where it's like you see it you get it uh if you're not that so you know kind of looking at you all, all the supplements out there yeah. uh and and anything else that's i mean in in ondar is even kind of like this where it's like it's a bag yeah like you do want to see it but but ultimately it's like it's a bag there's nothing like that crazy special about it or it's a wallet or whatever if you're not that one thing that i've noticed is uh <clears throat> you don't have to follow the the normal e-commerce ad framework and it's gonna be hard to find someone who won't because like everybody in the ad game is like oh just ugc super good hook and show the product in the first you know great hook and then show the product in the first uh 10 seconds and use problem agitate solution and like when you actually look at it it all looks the same right like it's not as bad and vanilla as the branded ads that we've seen but it's also like all it's all vanilla like it's all just come to this like homeostasis place where it's like you know, yeah, it's not branded and that's the best thing I could say about it. Right. Um, it's, it's a little more raw. It's a little more UGC, but it's, it's not, that's like the best thing I could say about it. Um, so we've run some where if it's, if it's not an inherently demonstrable product where it's like, really, they need to be sold on the idea of like taking this supplement as opposed to like, let's pour the supplement into liquid and mix it. And for some reason that's going to make people buy, right? Like uh, we've actually been doing like more like word videos. So, so thinking a little more like a YouTuber where it's like, I actually want to hook them with again, and this comes from probably like doing more content. Uh, actually want to just hook them with content and like educate, inform, entertain them. Um, and sometimes it'll just be like a word video, like legit one of my best performing ads, red background words, like Wow. Uh, and so that's selling a physical product, right? So that's, that's one thing. It's not going to be for everybody, but I think any brand like that is definitely worth a test. It's like a three minute video. Um, works really well. We don't talk about the product till like two minutes in. Wow. So, uh, and you could show, you could show the product. If it's on our, we would need to show the product, but yeah. Uh, that's a, yeah. So I think that's one thing. And I think another thing we'll maybe see more of is a little more lead gen, um, especially building up to Q4. I've heard, I've, I've, I've hit this a few times and I'm always like, yeah, you know, economics of lead gen rarely work. Uh, but I think people are getting a little more clever, like, especially in the newsletter space of like, 
you know, why can't an e-commerce brand launch a newsletter? And there's a lot of ways for like newsletters to monetize. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it could get, be a little more monetizable on the front end doing lead gen. And then you just put your own brand into those ad spots, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, especially on the first point, I feel like there's again, parallels between what we talked about, you know, on the content. I know it's, it's, that's where my brain's at now. It's all well, it's like lead with value is like the high, you know, uh, always be That's the high level. You did a good job. Yeah. I, I took a long time to say that. <laughs> I guess that was, that's podcast. I did somebody the other day was like, Oh, this guy wants me to buy his podcast. I don't know if I'd be good. I was like, can you take something that only takes like 30 seconds to say and do it in like, say it in two minutes and still make it interesting. There you go. If so, you'd be a mm. good podcast. Well, you know, I think there's, you know, there's value in it because you're actually getting into the tactics. Yeah, where exactly. I'm just saying, you're you just know, like lead with value. What does that right. even mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Build brand. Yeah. Always be <laughs> building brand. Yeah. Always be. That's a <laughs> right. A triple B. Okay, we squeezed a lot in in a short amount of time. Before we hop off, uh, John. You walked us through this super crazy, uh, wild turn turning <laughs> career, uh, and you're up to some awesome stuff now. What's one one thing that sort of helped you along the way, tip or trick that you si- sort of lean on throughout the the journey? I I'm like a I'm a big time like learner and networker, and I, I think I tried to put that in earlier. Is like I consume a massive amount of content right like and and this is i'll I'll give you an example that is like more contextualizable to a lot of people uh the the game of thrones books are not finished but there's four five of them i think and they're long they're really long like the audio versions are like between 35 and, and 50 hours long oh my god yeah. You might as well just watch the whole series. Like <laughs> it, it diverges at a certain point, but I won't get into that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched the series. I've only read the books. I'm a purist, but wow. uh, I, I uh, had a friend, right? Like who read them and I mean, he read them as they came out, but uh, it took me from October to January to get through that. And that was like, just cause I stopped consuming any of any of my other audio content or any other yeah, content I sure. consumed. And I just consumed like, I'm a, I, I consume a ton. Like I'm, I'm a consumption machine in terms of like how much I consume. And when I get into a topic, I just find so many different podcasts, blogs, YouTubers, newsletters about that topic that I just like bring in as much as I can as quickly as possible. And then like, as soon as that starts to feel a little stale, like I'm hearing the same stuff over and over again, uh, then I get into networking with people about it, right? Like, where do these people hang out? What are the events? What, you know, like, can I just start reaching out to them on Twitter and being like, I like your stuff, you know, will they respond to me? Uh, And again, like leading with value. I'm not trying to reach out and pitch them. I'm not trying to get into their LinkedIn inbox. Like that's so much of the problem with what I see is like, people are just like, Hey, buy my shit you know yeah. like i don't know if i can swear on your podcast i just oh did. yeah you're good the linkedin outreach right now is just it's so bad dude time. nobody reaches uh-huh. out and just says like hey i saw this video and i liked this about it they'll, right. they'll be like i saw your podcast are you interested in me clipping it i'm like did you have you actually <laughs> seen it like yeah. um right so so yeah like i think that like a lot of it is just like consume everything people are putting out, right? Like as much as I can. And I'll, I'll try as many people as I can. I'll find the ones that I like. I'll, and I'll like just take in as much information as I can about any topic that I get into. Um, and this has just happened all the way through, right? Like when I was getting into ads, like I got really good at running ads really quickly, 
because of exactly what I said earlier. I was like, okay, I'm just taking in as much uh, like information as I can. And then when I got, when I'm like, okay, I have questions and I can't ask questions in this like one-way communication. Uh, then I just started networking and like, I've always kind of tried to punch up when I network as well. That's, I don't know yeah. if that's good or not, but it's what I do. Yeah. Uh, I feel you said network is the net worth earlier. And yeah, I didn't come up with someone else said that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've heard that one before and uh, I'm a big fan and advocate of it. And uh, I'm always feel like I'm always cognizant of it. Um, and when I say network, I mean, like, just like naturally actually meet people and like try and build a like valuable two way relationship, like bring value to them, you know? Yeah. If you leave, like, you. let me go. Yeah. Let me go to this networking BI right. in my local area. Don't do that. That's all. Yeah. 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 That's not yeah. good. Don't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the best advice of the three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't so, do that. Here's some stuff you don't do. Yeah. Right. Okay. Awesome, John. We're a few minutes over, so I'm going to let you go, but really appreciate you stopping by and uh, excited to see all the cool things you'll be up to over the next uh, couple quarters. Yeah, appreciate you. I didn't get to shout out Malomo. It's good. You should use it. Thank you. Appreciate it. You, will you guys not, release my family now? Not, not yet. <laughs> I was going to say not necessary, but uh, yeah, we can do that for you and the dogs. Yeah, th- yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thanks, John. Thanks, Mariah. Thank you. Right. See you.